kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and the Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The, the king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then, at, at the break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions they, their children, and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. 
I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. Um, before I begin, uh, welcome. I want to welcome everyone, and um, I have a an announcement. Um, haven't made one of these in a while, uh, and it's concerning my family, so it's a little bit unusual. But um, I want you to uh, alert everyone uh, to uh, congratulate. Uh, Jeremy is here, uh, as you know. Uh, Jeremy and Lydia uh, recently got engaged, and so I want to just congratulate them. <laughs> My future son-in-law right there. <laughs> All right, uh, please pray with me. Uh, gracious God, we thank you for this day that you have made. Uh, help us to give an offering of thanksgiving that is pleasing before you. Now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together, be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our God, our rock, our redeemer. Amen. You all know the story of Daniel in the lion's den. It's an unforgettable tale about a highly gifted, competent, conscientious civil servant who gets outmaneuvered by a swarm of jealous and racist co-workers who could not dig up dirt on him, and so they agitate and manipulate the new king into passing a law to condemn Daniel to a pit of lions. God, however, miraculously delivers Daniel from his malicious accusers and the king then mercilessly tosses them and their families to the lions instead. We need to remember this story, that it is set in a time after Jerusalem has been destroyed and when some of the Israelites, including Daniel, have been taken as captives to Babylon and they've been living away from home for 70 years. And so this story, as well as the other stories that we find in the book of Daniel, are meant to offer an encouragement and guidance to those living in the uneasiness of exile in a foreign land. Now, I suspect that many of you may share this feeling of living in exile. Perhaps as immigrants or as minorities, you feel like a perpetual guest in this country. Or maybe you've started going to a new school or started a new job away from old friends and familiar surroundings and so you feel like a stranger in a strange land. Or maybe you feel stuck in a difficult or unresolvable situation and it feels like the exile of imprisonment. Or as I've heard from some of you, living in New Jersey itself feels like a time of exile until you can return back to that sunny place, that which shall not be named. In one sense, of course, we are all in exile. None of us can feel ever fully at home because you can sense in yourself 
what C.S. Lewis calls a desire for our far-off country, a longing for our eternal and heavenly home. But in the meanwhile, while we have earthly bodies, while we are here in this kind of exile, how then shall we live? Well, I want to draw your attention to verse 10 of our story, which I think is the key to Daniel's life and ours. Verse 10 reads, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, that is the document prohibiting the petitioning or the prayers to anyone other than to Darius, he went to his house where he had windows in the upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Daniel looked toward Jerusalem through those open windows with hope. He prayed on his knees in a posture of humility. He prayed three times a day with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, even though he was facing death. These are all models of prayer to be imitated. There are four sermons here on prayer that I'm not going to preach today. But do you realize that Daniel could have easily avoided all of the trouble with the law? He could have simply not prayed for the 30 days in which this injunction was in place. He could have shut his windows, rolled down the shade so that no one would know what he was doing in his home. He could have prayed silently at night in his bed, just mouthing the words so that no one could see or hear. But instead, he opened his windows. He got into an unmistakable posture of prayer, not just once, but three times, so that his enemies would know exactly that what he was doing, that he was going to pray to God regardless of the deadly consequences. And I think that's the key to all of this. It's in the last phrase. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. As he had done previously. In other words, what Daniel did in light of imminent death is what he had always done every other day throughout his entire life. He prayed and he gave thanks as he had done previously. In the old King James Version of the Bible, this phrase, as he had done previously, is translated as, as he did aforetime. As he did aforetime. I kind of like that word, aforetime. This is how I amuse myself when I'm doing Bible study. I thought I should get a patent on this, a copyright on this word, aforetime. A four time should be, I know it's an adverb, but a four time should be a noun for a round of golf played by a beginner. <laughs> right? Because beginner golfers are shooting errant shots all over the place, and what do they do? They have to shout four all the time. A four time. <laughs> a four time, in actuality, it's just an, an archaic word, and it simply means before 
or previously. And I, aside from the bad joke, I like this word because it also sounds a little bit like a fourth time. A fourth time, that is repetition, right? You do something again and again, a second time, a third time, a fourth time, so that that practice becomes a fourth time. Athletes and musicians, you know, right, that you have to do the same thing over and over and over again, a fourth time, so that you develop the kind of muscle memory so that your body can respond automatically, unconsciously, even under the most pressure-filled situations aforetime. I think spirit memory, like muscle memory, can and should be developed in the same way by repetition. Spiritual practices done aforetime gives us then the kind of confidence and the courage to come before God in times of need as well as in times of plenty. Psalm 55, the psalmist prays, evening and morning and at noon, three times a day, I utter my complaint and moan as he hears my voice. Psalm 119 declares, seven times a day, I praise you for your righteous rules. And the apostle Paul exhorts us in 1 Thessalonians 5 to pray without ceasing. The Bible does not insist on a particular number of times that we are called to pray in a given day, but as these and other passages indicate, our lives are to be immersed in a life of prayer as a foretime. I can remember that as a, as a young Christian, I'd read about people like uh, Susanna uh, Wesley, who despite a home filled with 17 children, imagine that, and yet she found time every day to pray for an hour sometimes under the cover of an apron. Or Martin Luther, who said that if he didn't start the day with two hours of prayer in the morning, the devil would have the victory in the afternoon. You know, and so you read about these inspirational prayer warriors and you want to imitate their lives. And so, you know, I, I would try that for one day. Maybe I get to the second day. But I wouldn't make it to the third, to the fourth it would never become a kind of a fourth time. I couldn't do what these saints could do a fourth time. But I did eventually learn that while maybe I can't pray two hours as a fourth time, I can pray for two minutes as a fourth time. Every day I can do a few minutes as a four time. And then maybe I can add a few minutes more in the afternoon, maybe a few minutes more while I'm walking to school, maybe a few minutes before meals, and a few minutes more before going to bed. And maybe most of us cannot do the kind of inspirational hours upon hours of prayers, but we can all still develop our own spirit memories of prayer so that it is done as a four time. The end of Daniel's story ends with his deliverance and the destruction of his enemies. But when Daniel prayed as he did aforetime, he did not know what the outcome would be. He did not know that he would be delivered. Of course, he wanted that deliverance. But Daniel's commitment to prayer, his commitment to God, was not contingent upon God's deliverance of him from that particular situation. 
And this is what people of faith know. We know that God is always able to save. But whether or not God chooses to save us in that particular moment, we will choose to be faithful. People of faith that know that there is no guarantee of deliverance from all that works against our lives, at least not in this life. But we also know that we will ultimately be delivered from death through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, whose coming we cannot help but hear the echoes of in the story of Daniel. Like Daniel, Jesus too was caught while in a time of prayer by his enemies who also could not find any guilt in him, but who managed to manipulate the ruler to sentencing Jesus to death who was also sealed under a rock. And just as God rescued Daniel, we have come to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and that in Jesus Christ, God is able to rescue us not only from the mouths of lions, but from death itself. The story of your life right now is still being written out. And you have an opportunity to practice as aforetime. There might be, and I hope you still have 50 more chapters of your life left, 50 chapters of joyful adventures. But it might be there's only one chapter left. We don't know. But on that final page, we know that God will write an ending of, and he lived happily ever after. And she lived happily ever after because of the resurrection that is to come. And until that day, we can pray with thanksgiving and write a story of faithfulness and obedience as we did aforetime. And now, as we have done aforetime, we want to offer prayers of thanksgiving together. We can offer thanksgiving even if, or perhaps especially if, we are facing challenges in our lives as Daniel did. As the Apostle Paul tells us in Thessalonians 5, be thankful in all circumstances, in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So I want to encourage everyone, and I mean that literally, everyone, to share today. We have a lot of time. If you've never shared before, today's your day. Today's the day you can begin a new spirit practice so that next year you can come up here and say, as I did it aforetime. So now to encourage all of you to share and to get us started, uh, we have a video prepared uh, by our Graceway Education. <laughs> 